experience. I think full disclosure is proper etiquette for bring a trailer. And if you don't disclose, you do risk trouble down the road, I would think, because as you said before, bring a trailer is kind of a broker. So they set you up with the buyer. Now, if you did not disclose all the proper things and it gets to that point, you may find yourself in a, in a situation that you, you don't want to be in. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because the buyer yeah. has to pay premium, right? And, I mean, you want to sell the car, but if you, if you hide stuff and they get that and, they, and you never did respond or, or you covered it up or whatever, you really could be in some, some serious trouble, I would think, because they already had to pay a buyer's premium. What is the buyer's premium at Bring a Trailer? I don't know. I think it's – um, or I, th I can't even remember now. I, I, it's 5%. either 5 or 10. Maybe it's 5%. It's even, I, think, I think it's 5 and it's capped at 5000 So even if the car oh, okay. goes for a million bucks, you only pay five grand. You know, that's all it is. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you've got to have full disclosure. Everything about my Mighty Mike's fully disclosed. The videos that I did of that vehicle, a 30-minute video of that vehicle, underneath it, showing everything underneath it, showing the tire, showing the freaking grease fittings. I showed it all, right? Yeah. And that's full disclosure. But what I'm saying is, even if you fully disclose something and they do put it in the auction text, then the people are going to come across and say, why didn't you fix that? You're a poor seller. You're a poor owner. You've neglected this vehicle. This vehicle's not been taken care of. You didn't even care enough about it to fix that emblem or whatever. So what you have to learn about bringing a trailer is you have to fix any gripe. The other thing you have to do is have photos of any deficiencies, any little deficiency in the paint. You know, look at what I did with the Mighty Might. Had a little, little, one little kink where the body panel came together. Those vehicles didn't look nearly as good as mine does when they came off the showroom floor and they were ready to go to, into combat. It's a combat vehicle. It was buckled all over. Uh, mine looks perfect, but it has one little wave. I showed that. You've got to show everything. So full disclosure, show everything and fix any gripes I, you have. And I agree. I completely agree. I think it, you know, it's just being upfront and transparent and say, look, you know, I'm going to walk around here with the, the camera and take pictures of all the little scratches and the paint chips and stuff like that. Because those kinds of things could really backfire on you when you actually meet the, the owner. Because and tell me if I'm wrong. At the point of sale, they could walk before they've actually. Paid well, I'll you. tell you. Well, I'll tell you. A story Am I about wrong that. with it? Okay, so so Stonegate Auto Sales is a, a, co a company local to us. A friend of mine started that a few years ago, and he's a dealer, and he deals in specialty vehicles. I've imported stuff from overseas for him to sell. You know, we've done some stuff back and forth with him, Brian, broken Porsches and us putting one of our engines in it. He's a speculator. He will buy the car, put one of my engines in it, and then he'll sell it and make money off of it. Well, he did that a couple of years ago and sold the car and bring a trailer. And the car sold for way more money than it was worth. And this is where we're getting on the, on the story. Auctions have the capability for people to go in there and start wanting something really bad. All it takes is two guys to want the same vehicle to run that price up, up, up. Then you end up selling it for way more than it's really even worth. At that point, the buyer has an expectation of this vehicle that is way out in outer space. 
So you have a problem meeting that expectation. It's just like when I sell somebody a, a $40,000 M96 engine. Not everything I build is 40000 bucks. Some of them are half that price, right? But some of them go that high. Well, I have to make sure the guy understands what he's buying. So this guy goes on, buys this car. He gets it. The car is superb. I saw it. I drove it. When we tested it, we did all the work to it. And he gets it and finds there's a stain on the passenger seat. And he gets all pissy about it and demands his money back. There was a picture of that stain that was on the seat in the auction. It was mentioned in the auction text. The guy simply didn't read it, and he wants his money back, and he threatens to ruin Stonegate's reputation and all this crap. They have to go ahead and give him his money back. They didn't even have a, a problem with that. He was in Arizona. He actually ended up driving the car to Tony Callis's shop in L.A. and leaving it there so James at Stonegate could go ahead and try to sell it to somebody else and leave it in California. It was an absolute disaster. So, yes, that was fully disclosed. It was fully documented. Everybody did everything they were supposed to do, but Mr. Whiny Pants doesn't like it because he paid way more money for the car than it's worth. His expectation was unrealistic. So I hate Mr. Whiny Pants, right? I just do. It's like a, it's like a guy – we had a customer one time that complained that he got his 996 back, and you know he, he had rust in his ashtray, and he was pissed off about that. It wasn't that way before. Well, I bought him a brand-new ashtray from Porsche, had it drop shipped to him, and he, of course, comes back and says, well, Jake, you didn't have to do that. Well, why the hell did you bitch? Right? Okay. But then this is the thing. I mean, you just. The guy, didn't, he, he didn't even realize that it's impossible for the ashtray to rust. Can't please. Because the freaking ashtray's plastic. <laughs> I know. That's what I was thinking. I was sitting here when you were explaining that. I'm thinking, wait just a minute. I've had two 996, and those things are not metal. But see, oh that's, that's the thing, dude. That, that is the modern human. The modern human that I don't jihaw <laughs> with, right? I don't get along with that guy. So my whole focus today is to never sell an engine to another guy like that. When you when you get when you want to buy an engine from me and you got a gauntlet list that's this long of all yeah. the things that I'm going to look at and to think you're Mr. Whiny Pants, that's why. Okay, oh, yeah. so I don't want to get off on Jake Raw with that, right? Yeah. But but that's something about these auctions. So you got to keep in mind that if you buy something for more than it's worth on there or you sell something for more than it's worth on there, it's going to make it harder as a seller to meet this guy's expectation level, right? And it is classic. The last few vehicles that I've sold on there, Porsche Tractor that I sold, right? A guy jumps in at the end of it. He just sees what it is. He doesn't even read any of the text. He doesn't even see any specs about it. He didn't even realize it was a diesel. He's like, what kind of gas does it use? I said, it doesn't use gas. It uses diesel. Oh, it's diesel? Yeah. Well, dude, read the freaking auction. It's there. I know. Right? Uh, okay. I, I sold my wife's G-Wagon on there. Right? And I, was about to, I was about to mention because we touched yep. on this before. Yep. And I want you to point out there, there are consequences for those that do not pay in these auctions. Yep. So well, we, sold the G, we sold the G-Wagon on there. And it, the first time it went for 38 grand. The blue book value on the car is only like 34. It went for 38. We're like, that's great, right? But then all of a sudden, the guy hurts his back and doesn't finish the transaction. No, the guy got smart. We sold it a few days before Corona hit the stock market. 
and he probably lost his shirt and he had his secretary who wasn't his secretary come in and say he hurt his back and I, he can't sell the, the he can't finish the vehicle we relist it sell it for 28 to another guy who actually is a Porsche guy and he gets a really good deal in it you know and you know it's it was good it was a good transaction with him no problems at all and he he's got the vehicle and he's happy with it the guy that bought it for 38 had he actually finished that transaction that dude probably would have been Mr. Whiny Pants that was impossible to please because he paid more for it than it was worth. So as a seller, you have to have full disclosure, tons of pictures. You have to come across in your videos very clearly or very concisely. You go over everything. You are Mr. Attention to Detail. You never let a question go unanswered in the comments section on your auction. You never do. If somebody asks you a question, you answer it as directly as possible, and you take it on the chin. If they find something wrong with that car, or if he wants to give you hell about something that you've had full disclosure on, let him do it. Let him have it. He wants to feel important. He's Mr. Google. He wants to go Google something. He wants to learn about it, and he wants to come in there and act like he's a freaking guy that, that, that called you out. He figured this out, right? All he is is a guy that should be working, right? He should be sitting there doing his work and not on bring a trailer. He should be doing his work and not wasting his boss's money. And at the same time, he's going to come in and find all this stuff that's wrong with your vehicle, even though he's never freaking seen one of those cars himself. He's never twisted a wrench on it. He's never changed the oil on it. He's never changed gears in that vehicle. But he knows everything about it because he is Mr. Google and Mr. Expert. Let him win, right? If you're a seller, let that guy win. Let him walk away and think that he's won. You know, that's the best thing you can do because if you don't, he's going to come in there and try to shred you even more or he's going to find more crap wrong with it or whatever, right? Okay, so so those are your biggest points. Be engaging. You got to engage your buyers. You have to you have to answer their questions directly and then you have to bring up things about shipping, right? Like I always get questions about shipping. I just sold a tank on there, right? A British military tank. And, um, you know, it went for 55 grand and, and that's a vehicle that I like. It's something that I imported and, you know, I've got other pieces of armor and, you know, that particular one, I just didn't want to keep it long-term. So we got rid of it. Um, but, you know, something like that is a shipping challenge. So go ahead and get some shipping quotes, line up a shipper and get somebody that can give you some quotes on getting that vehicle shipped, especially vehicletransport.net is who ships all of our Porsches at Flat 6 Innovations. And they also ship that tank to the new owner in Vermont from Georgia, okay? So have that aligned. The easier you can make it for the guy to be a buyer, the more apt he is to hit that button and keep on bidding. And that's what you gotta have. So those are, to me, the essentials. And your pictures are everything. Now, you don't have to go out and spend thousands of dollars on a camera or have a professional come take your photos, right? But my key with selling a vehicle on one of these auctions is making sure there's nothing else to pull that viewer's attention away from that vehicle. I take pictures in the middle of a 50-acre field. I take pictures in the middle of an empty parking lot. Um, 
you know, there's nothing else that's there. Unless the guy wants to see what kind of freaking oak trees across the field, that's the only thing that's going to be pulling his mind away. You know, I see people do taking pictures of their, their car in a full parking lot or a dealer's doing it on their lot. You can't do that. People are looking at everything else in the background. I learned that years ago when I, digital cameras first came out. I was putting things on a website. If I had a new product nobody had seen before, I would take a picture and I, of something that was cool, but I would put that new thing in the background. It wouldn't take 10 or 15 minutes after I posted that thing before somebody's like, hey, what's that piece of linkage? You know, yeah, man, there you go. You saw it, right? So I've well, done that. I do, I do know that uh, some people have, uh, that watched our videos, they've asked what kind of tools you use. They want to know brand names. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it is what it is. I mean, you know, um, a lot of the tools I have are has it made in Germany. I don't really spend a lot of money on Snap-on stuff. I, I like to buy German tools. Um, but in any, by any stretch of the imagination, you know, people will do anything they can to lose their focus. So take a lot of really high-quality photos. Make sure there's nothing in the background. Um, when you do your videos, always do a cold start video, always do a walk around video, always get underneath that vehicle, um, you know, have it detailed impeccably. Um, I know like you, you even had your car professionally detailed yes. and ceramic coated before you sold it. That probably added way more value to that vehicle than what it cost you. Okay. So these are things that are critical for a seller. Now, I've even done this with selling tractors. Like I would detail a tractor. I would armor all a tractor's freaking tires, right, for a Porsche or a Lamborghini tractor. Um, it, we did that right before we drove across the lawn at Ritz-Carlton at Amelia Island, you know. Um, but attention to detail, and people that are on these sites are intellectual people. They yeah, well, and I want to jump in and understand the on that. Uh, I agree. I was waiting to mention something. I was so impressed at how knowledgeable people have become about these cars. I really was. They were asking, of course, you expect the IMS bearing problem with the Porsche 996. But they were asking about cylinder bore scoring, uh, intermix. You know, of course, they wanted me to see a shot of the coolant, make sure it's clear. Uh, you know, they, they were asking about camshaft deviations. Holy smokes. And over revs. They want to see the over revs. And how many overrevs do I have in range two? You know, that kind of stuff. That kind of, I, you know, I was ready because you had advised me. But had I not been advised by you, that would have caught me off guard, you know. But getting the good pictures, I think that's pretty much a given. I think that if you, I think if I were telling people that were listing cars on Bring a Trailer or any auction, you, you want to have good images. I completely agree. You know, today's technology now, you can get an iPhone. The newest iPhone will will shoot amazing images, but it's always about that location. Finding a great location, like you say, that's distraction-free, using good composition, making sure you got good high-definition images that so people can see the little details so that you're not constantly having to explain stuff. They can look into the images and see. I took, Jake, I was taking, I've never taken so many pictures in my life of the brakes uh of course they asked that you know what a condition of the brakes they want to see it you know uh they want to see every tire they wanted to know when the tires were manufactured i would oh, have yeah. never thought that's well that's a big deal because, you know tires are supposed to come off the road after six years no matter what so the date stamps are important uh, i showed that on my mighty mind i showed all that stuff 
So yeah, I mean, all those things do matter. Now, the Mighty Might has like 155 photos on the auction. And to me, if I'm going to post an auction, that's about how many, how many photos we do. The tank, I only had like 40 because there's only so many things you can show. And you get inside the turret, you can't, t you can't get a picture of something. You know, it's just – you can't – what are you going to do, take a picture of the night sights? I mean, you know, there's not a lot of stuff you can do in there. But, you know, the photos are the key. The videos are key. And also, people want to see you're a real person. You know, I make sure I put myself in the videos, not because I want to be on a video, but because I want people to see this is a real guy. I'm not just a flipper. I didn't just buy this thing to flip it. Now, I've only owned the Mighty Might for like eight months, right? That's a vehicle that I've owned for a lot shorter amount of time than what I normally own a vehicle. Um, but, you know, it's something where I didn't buy it last week and turn around and try to sell it. People want to see that. So to me, no matter if you're going to do Hemmings or bring a trailer, that's a key. So now let's talk a little bit about Hemmings. Okay? Yeah, definitely. Now, Hemmings, I love them as well. Raina at Hemmings is freaking awesome, right? I mean, she she's on the ball. She gets vehicles listed quickly. She's a great auction specialist. And, and there's certain vehicles that I've learned bring more money and have a better – they're better received on Hemmings because I've been following Hemmings since I was like Ava's age. So I was like eight years old, right? And it used to come in the mail, real thick book, you know, Hemmings Motor News. And to me, they were a lot like a Polaroid camera. They didn't really evolve with the times when the internet came out and things like that. Um, you know, like Polaroids didn't evolve with the digital age. And they got a little behind the power curve with that. But they've really picked it up. They have some awesome technical articles. They have awesome just articles in general racing articles, all kinds of stuff, and their auctions that they started about this time last year are – they're great. I mean, especially for domestic vehicles, I think they, they probably are really starting to spearhead a lot of prices with the older trucks and things like that. I recently sold a G-Wagon on Hemmings that would not sell and bring a trailer. Um, you know, some things like that, they have a better – audience for at this stage than what bring a trailer does um same thing so lamborghini tractors on there they really end up having a better receivership if you will on that site sometimes than, than bat um but all of these sites are also dependent upon a lot of things to do with ambient environment right because right now a lot of people are vulnerable to this environment online because they're stuck at home with COVID-19 stuff. So that's why these auctions have been thriving. I've sold a ton of my vehicles during this Corona thing. I'd planned to sell them anyway in the spring, um, but I do all my sales before Memorial Day. If I want to sell a vehicle, I start trying to sell things in, in February, March, April. By the time May rolls around, I know I got to get it sold by Memorial Day. Kids are going to be out of school. They're going to be traveling. People aren't by their computers. It's not going to sell. The summer sucks for sales online. Oh, this year I, might be different. I agree. You know, this year, I, this year might be different. So I was just going to, I was just going to point out. I totally agree. I to do the audience. Of course, I'm a, a Porsche 996 fan, and I've been really impressed at how these cars are selling. Uh, I would have never thought. I'm looking at the the most recent auctions. A regular. Carrera 4. This is not the Turbo or the C4S. Just a regular Carrera 4. Doesn't have uh, low miles, you know, or anything like that. 
it's pretty standard issue. It sold for 30000 That's really great because we've been seeing these cars sell for less than twenty. And well, I mean, the a thing is, it was a Cabriolet. So well, okay. So so time of year, this the Cabriolet. You sell that car right now. You don't sell that car in November or December. It's a cab. It's a drop top. People want the wind in their hair. That is a perfect car to sell in May. Okay. So you got to think about this. You know, you, you go buy motorcycles and boats and RVs in the winter time right? You sell those things in the springtime, right? Or the summertime, okay? It just makes sense. You buy, you know, you make your money on the front end. Buy buy low, sell high. That's the idea. And, and, and to me, having fun in the meantime is really the idea. And hopefully, I'm not going to sell it to Mr. Whiny Pants, who can't be pleased, because <laughs> I'm going to lose my mind with a guy. And I'm just going to say, look, I don't give a damn about your money. I'll send me the car back. You can have it. Money to me doesn't mean anything. But dealing with Mr. Whiny Pants, I will shut you up and I will spank your ass if you want to act like that. <laughs> um, it, 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 you know, it's entitlement 101, right? It goes back to, to that whole thing. People, they, they want the, the seller to kiss their tail. Um, they, well, and that just doesn't happen with me. I was just going to mention uh, the, 11, the, the one that just sold recently. 11,000 mile, 2004, uh, C4S, 996, Cabriolet, sold for $55,000. Yeah, well, I, okay, I so, so this I is the thing. I thought it was a turbo so, at first. Well, so C4S, you know, it's got the turbo body, all that stuff. Um, but the thing is, and we'll talk about this in the in the next segment of Rencast, you know, where we're going to talk about the value of 996s and all the things that are great about them. Um, but, you know, that car is highly sought after. To me, 11,000 miles, that's not the car for me. It's going to drive like crap. It's going to ride like crap. It needs struts. It needs a fuel pump. It needs, it needs all kinds of things done to it. People would call me crazy buy that car and start driving that car, drive that car, drive it home. And I almost guarantee you it's going to have some sort of an issue. Crank sensor is going to fail. Something's going to happen to that car. Probably going to be a fuel issue, right? Probably going to be a fuel issue. I think but a lot of people have the same mentality when they buy normal cars, they want it to be low miles as possible, but yep. that's not what you want in a Porsche, right? No. Well, see, the thing is, especially not these cars, because these are driver cars. Now, I can see if that was an air-cooled 993, okay, and, and it's going to be something that would be a museum-quality piece one day. Um, you know, that would be a different story, but a water-cooled Porsche, these are driver's cars meant to be driven. Now, another problem with buying an 11,000-mile car is that car's been out of warranty for years and years because of age. But that vehicle has not got enough miles on it to be proven yet because it would still be under the 36,000-mile warranty from a mileage perspective. So basically, the jury's, not, the jury's still out on that particular vehicle. It only has 11,000 miles. You know, it was that a car that would have had an engine failure below 36,000 miles and got a new engine? Maybe, right? So that car is unproven. That car is a it, it's too virgin in a lot of ways. People might think I'm crazy, but I'm telling you, 
we see cars the lowest mileage car i've seen come to me for an ims solution job was 1800 miles all right sorry 2800 miles i've seen one fail with 1800 miles on it okay i've seen many of them at 4000 miles 10 11 12000 miles still have the original tires on them with 12,000 miles, but they're freaking square, right? These tires are flat spotted all the way around. The car hasn't been driven. I take it on the 52 mile test loop and it drives horribly. And how can I rate that car? It drives horribly because I've driven hundreds of these cars on this same loop, right? And, and we find that they just don't like to be sitting around that much. Right. But we can talk about that in the next segment. I, I really want to start to really stay on focus here about the auctions because I was getting around to, to Hemmings and saying that they offer a different auction experience from a seller's perspective than BAT does. Hmm. BAT thrives from the comments, okay? But you live by the sword on BAT and you die by the sword on BAT. Because if you have any problems with that vehicle, they're going to shred your ass. It's going to be a bad deal. It's going to kill the value of the vehicle. They're going to jump on you like a bunch of just like piranhas, right? So on Hemmings, they don't do that. To me, I think the following on Hemmings is more of a, is more of a real car guy. I might piss somebody off by saying that. But today's car guy is not a real car guy. Their hands don't look like mine. They decorate their garage with vehicles. They don't think about cars the same way that I do. And to me, there's more people like me on Hemmings than there are on BAT. There's a few on BAT, but I almost guarantee you that some of the guys on BAT don't know the difference between a, a standard screwdriver and a Phillips head screwdriver. They just don't. Um, and that's a different kind of car guy. But Hemmings has a more hardcore following, and you can tell that from the sellers on there as well. The sellers are usually selling a vehicle that they built themselves or they've owned it for many years, um, and that's the difference between those. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I love BAT. I love Hemmings for different reasons, right, and I've sold on both of them. Um, and like the guys at Stonegate, they currently have a really rare Volkswagen Passat on Hemmings that didn't that actually sold on Bring a Trailer, and the guy was a flake. He didn't pay for it, and that's happened a, a couple of times. You know, um, just like what happened with my wife's G wagon. There's flakes out there, so you know they kept it for another year or whatever, and now they got it for sale on Hemmings with no reserve, and it's doing pretty good there. But it's a Passat Synchro with a G60 supercharged engine in it. That's a very rare vehicle, never sold here in the States. Um, but, I, you know, Bobby, what I want to make as part of our standard Rencast every week is, you know, a focus on the auctions. You know, I want to pick out a car from BAT or Hemmings. I want you to pick out a car from BRT or Hemmings every week. Absolutely. And let's say, hey, this is this is this car. So this week is that Stonegate car on uh, on the Hemmings, and it's the my Mighty Might on BAT. Um but definitely, I think that the auctions are going to an online format. I believe this COVID-19 thing has proven to at least RM that they need to go to an online format, at least as an option, because we sold a Lamborghini tractor on there, and I have a Porsche tractor in the next RM auction that's going to be online uh, from Auburn, Indiana, pretty soon. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that's the way of the future. 
Um, a lot of people try to copy BAT. Hemings is not one of them. They have their own way of doing this, and I believe that their way of doing it is different enough that it's they're not copycats. Um, they're not imitators. I think they've done this on their own a little bit different way. And, you know, certain vehicles are going to sell better in one of these formats or the other. And, you know, BAT, it's like a forum. You know, it has the same jerks a lot of times as what you have in a forum. And some of those guys, I just want to come through the computer screen and rip their larynx out, you know. <laughs> I just do. It's just one of those things, you know, hey, man, what would you think if you were selling this vehicle and you were fully transparent with it and you just didn't want to fix a stupid friggin' emblem on it because you're going to sell the car and you want to make that fully, you know, disclosed, would you want me to come in there and shred your ass because you didn't want to fix an emblem? No, you wouldn't want to do that. So you know what? It's a golden rule. You know, don't do it to me if you wouldn't want me doing it to you. If you do it to me, then I'm going to call you an asshole and you deserve it. <laughs> well, I know they can kind of, you know, home in on one little problem and not let it go, you know, the whole time. You, you didn't fix a radio or something stupid like that. Who cares about a radio? I don't, I, I really, when I'm driving these cars, I'm, I mean, that's the last thing I care about. But, you know, some people just won't let it go. You know, they talk about, oh, you got to well, have the original. You know, oh, you have an aftermarket radio. Why don't you have the original? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I sold a, a Ferrari 360 on there last year. And it's a car that, I, you know, I, I didn't care anything about it. I personally don't really like Ferraris. But I got it, wanted to do some stuff to it. It needed a major service, so I did all that. And I sold it, um, and I didn't have the radio code for it. Well, you know what? In a freaking Ferrari, you, you've got the orchestra behind you just like you do in a Porsche, right? I never listened to the radio. The radio in those cars suck. Just like a lot of the stuff in the dash and all this stuff, it just looks really generic in, in a Ferrari. I just don't like the cars. Their fit and finish to me is not up to the standards of a Porsche, not even a 996, right? Yeah, again, um, the radio but, code, that's – Yeah. Those are but, back – in that, I think you're talking about your 360? Yeah, but okay, you so have that radio, radio code, in it. Becker, yeah. So you could have that's an easy thing. You can you could get those codes from Well you can, but but it's not you a gotta big deal. call a Ferrari dealer and go through all this crap to be able to do it. I just didn't want to deal with it. So I put in the ad yeah. it doesn't have a radio code. Well these guys come in, I can't believe you didn't put the radio code in there. Well would you want me doing that to you? If you would not want me doing that to you, shut your whiny ass mouth. That's that, that's where I that, I'm just telling you that that you is know, my problem with modern humans. You know, yeah. before really, you before yeah. well, this is the thing. People just need to stop and think for a minute before they go on there as Mr. Friggin' Keyboard Warrior, right? And they want to start a bunch of crap for you. They need to stop and they need to ask themselves a question. If I were this seller, would I want a guy like me? bringing up this thing and shredding his ass here and causing him undue stress and undue crap and killing his auction, right? Would I really want that? If the answer is no, shut your whiny ass mouth. <laughs> See what I, you know, what I do is I just, you know, just pretty much say something like, you know, Hey, look, I can fix what that radio, but my reserve is going to be a little bit higher because I'm having to pay Ferrari you go in there, remove the radio, get the serial number, send it off, do whatever they have to do in the computer, and charge you, you know, a thousand dollars for something you know, crazy. But you know, I'm going to want a return on that. Or maybe you can find a way, an alternative. There's a lot of people that 
can look at the serial number on the Becker radios and, and they, they know how to get the code. And, uh, you know, you go to some of the forums and they're able to do that. And so there's ways, but you know, it, it's just, it just blows my mind how on the, on like bring a trailer, how brutal they can really be. Um, I think in my experience, they weren't bad because I think, you know, I had listened to your advice about, you know, having good pictures, good video and stay on top of the questions and just be upfront. But there's going to be that one person. I know that, you know, when I had a business, you know, I sold all my stuff on eBay and those are some of the worst, uh, I, worst experiences. It, they didn't make up the majority, but it's that, it's that small percentage of just making one of just say, screw it all. Because well, and, and this cause the they thing, drag right? you through the, they drag you through. And the guy that's going to bitch like that, he never, he's never a bitter. That guy is not going to buy that freaking vehicle. He's not a bidder. He's not going to buy it. I want you to pay attention to something. The people that comment don't bid. The people that bid don't comment. Oh, yeah, okay? exactly. Okay. Well, I was, it's, I was, just, uh... it's just like my customers on forums. My customers on forums are readers, not writers. They are the smarter guys in the room because they are listening. Okay. Um, that is a different person, just like who's on BAT. Seriously, go through and look. Look at who bids yes. and look at who makes these yeah. comments. Exactly it's never going to be me. that. It's just it's like the people. It's just like the people on the forums that want to complain about me and what we build. They're never my customers. They're not going to be my customer. He's and he's just wanting to start crap, right? Um, that's that's the kind of person. You know, that's why I hate today, because we just can't go beat people's asses anymore. I, I swear to you, <laughs> if this was back in the 50s or the 60s and somebody pissed you off, you could just go whip the guy's ass, literally. <laughs> At least just backhand him, bitch slap him, whatever, right? He would learn to keep his freaking mouth shut. Well, that's, see, that's, that's so the that's the problem. That, that's back. the problem today. You can't just go do that. Now, you get me pissed off, I'm probably going to do it anyway. Well, that, see, that's well, why, right, you know, it's why but, we, but I'm just saying that people can get away with stuff. They can be frigging keyboard warriors and they can come in here and let their fingers do the talking and they don't have to worry about any repercussions. You know, go back 30, you go yeah. back 30, 40 years ago. You do that. Some guys are probably going to find you and whip your ass. And you know what? You deserve it. Well, that's why I was trying to tell the, the audience that uh, when you get on, bring a trailer, you, you have to realize that you know, there it's kind of for, a forum in itself and that you have a lot of people there that hide behind their uh, avatars or their usernames. And they would say things on the auction that they normally would never say face to face. Never. Oh yeah. I mean, I've, they, ran, I've, I've ran into these guys on at events, right? And the guy will come up and say, well, my, my username is so-and-so. And he's this real little timid looking little dude. That's, <laughs> you know, I mean, and I'm like, really, that's you? You come across like you're six foot eight, you're Goliath. You know, you're, you're six eight, you weigh four twenty. You know, you come, I would think that your hands are twice as big as mine. But you're a forumite. You're well, a you're a forumite. And and the guy comes over. I know. Hey, I know. So it's so. Well, you you, know, might, you usually... might have seen me on the forums. You know, I, I live in my mom's basement. I don't get out a lot, but I know everything about a Porsche. I've read it all on Renlist. I know. That's I know. him, dude. That that's the freaking guy. But and that right. asshole is there to give people a problem. You're I mean, right. It's stupid, man. It really is stupid. I mean, it, it's. But you're right. The guys crazy. that actually were serious about buying my car weren't saying anything. They were waiting to the very end, 
and they were bidding what they were willing to, to pay for my car. And that's the way it should yeah, be. Yeah, I mean, these and, uh, one auctions, thing, one thing these auctions are all the auction. The auction happens in the last two hours, right? Yeah. And moreover, in the last two minutes. I mean, you like you went into the auction the last day, and you were kind of worried. I said, "Dude, don't worry about it." I said, "It's going to be a friggin' gangbusters in the last two minutes of that auction," and that's exactly what happened. I mean, you went up like what ten thousand dollars in the last two hours, oh, or something yeah, and like that. Exactly. Went from went from like twenty to like twenty eight, which which yeah. was, I was very impressed. But one thing I want to tell the audience about that's very unique about Bring a Trailer that I love is they prevented snipe bidding. Now, if you don't know what snipe bidding is, 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 is basically somebody in an auction, and eBay is the worst. They have not figured this out. But somebody that, you know, right at the very last second hits the bid right above yours, you are willing to bid a little bit more. But you're out of the game because the guy hit it right in the last second. Yeah. Well, I've had so that they, happen, too. I mean, I like the way that – and Hemmings does the same thing, too. That's the proper way. It's a gentleman's auction. And and they're not dumb. That's how the people are going to keep on going back and forth because I've had this happen to me. I buy things on government auctions, right? I bought a bunch of Humvees. I bought Unimogs. I bought all kinds of stuff on government auctions. And I am also guilty – of getting in there thinking I'm getting a deal, and then I, I, I'm like, man, I want this. I want this, and I keep hitting that freaking button, right? I keep on hitting it because you don't want to lose it. Then all of a sudden, you're like, damn, I paid too much for that thing. Yeah. So that that's the way it happens, and you people get hooked on that. It's like in the beginning, it's almost like right now, I wish the, the Mighty Might wasn't at 20000 right now. I mean, it, it, it went to 20000 really quick. It went from like 8000 to 20000 today, and I really wish it hadn't done that. Because my mindset is you'd have a lot more followers and a lot more people that were watching that auction if they thought they were going to get a really, really, really good deal. Now, this is a really nice vehicle. I have no idea what it's going to bring on there. I know what I've got in it, and I know what I've seen other ones sell for. I've never seen one as nice as mine sell, ever. I've never seen one that nice sell. I don't think there's another one that nice on the, in this country, maybe in the world. I just don't know right? But it's exceptionally nice. So I don't really know what it's going to go for. But I really wish that right now it was still at like eight or 10 grand, not at 20. One guy came in there and jumped it to 20. And I think people are going to, that would normally have hit watch are going to think, man, this thing's going to go for way more money than I thought it was going to. I'm not going to watch it because I can't afford it. And they don't get hooked on it. I kind of wish it was like eight grand still. And People would hit the watch button, and they get addicted to it, and they want to win it. And in the end, you don't have just one or two people. You've got five or six people that have been thinking about this thing for the last week. Okay, So I, I, I don't want people on these auctions to think, as a seller, that that vehicle has to go up really fast. I think that in some of these vehicles' cases, that actually keeps people from bidding on it or at least keeps them from watching it because they think it's going to be unaffordable too quick. Um, something as unique as a Mighty Might, that may not be the case, right? That thing's probably going to go to another museum or something. It's that freaking nice. But but as a seller, that's something I've had to learn is I want to go into that last day with as many people hooked as I possibly can get, right? And And I think that is the key to getting more people hooked and more people engaged and more people bidding and not commenting. 
but then I want enough commenters to bring out the questions that allow me to answer them and prove that I'm a good seller, prove that I know this vehicle, and prove that this vehicle is something that is being well advertised and is fully disclosed. So that's the key, I think. Go into that last day with as many watchers as you can get. We had um, 60,000 views and about 13, or sorry, 13,000 watchers, I think it was. Yeah, 13,000 watchers on my Sabre when I sold the tank. Um, the other thing is, if you're a seller, go go freaking pimp that thing everywhere you can. Like, you know, it's, watch BAT. If they, if they post your car for sale on their website, on their Facebook page, go share that with every freaking group you can. Go share it with every forum you can. Share it with every friend you can and let them start populating that thing all over the place. Yeah. And don't do that in the beginning, right? Do that going into the, about the end of your sixth day, you know, because you want it to be really fresh on people's minds. I would never do that before the fifth or sixth day yeah. or even do it sometimes people on the last day. People forget about it. Yeah, yeah people forget, forget about it. If you, if like right now, yeah. the Mighty Might has five days to go and it's at 20 grand. I have no idea what it's going to bring, but I wouldn't go start pressing buttons and sending that to people until probably the fifth or sixth day. Okay. Uh, yeah, you know, Jake, I, I had a really good experience with Bringo's trailer and looking forward to uh, learning more about Hemmings auctions as well. I know that my experience was real good, and I'm, from what I've heard, most, most of the experiences with uh, the online format is real promising for people that are wanting to sell cars. Yeah, and I mean, you know, both Bringo's trailer and Hemmings do give you your own auction specialist. Um, I dealt with Chris at Bringo's trailer. He's freaking awesome. Um, he's on the ball. Like, I finished a video of the Mighty Might today on Sunday, and I had he went ahead and listed it on the site for me today. That this guy works around the clock. He's awesome. Uh, Raina at, at Hemmings is also awesome. Uh, she does a lot of legwork. They have really good stories they write up. Both of those companies do. And just so you understand, if you are a seller, you don't have to worry about writing your own article, right? They're going to ask you some certain questions about that vehicle. They're going to ask you mileage. What gripes does it have? What do you know about its history? What documentation do you have? And then they write this thing up the way they think it needs to be written. And they do a really, really good job. Both Hemmings and Bringer Trailer do a really good job with that. And then they will let it run by you for submission and say, hey, you know, do you accept this or not? And usually I'll have a couple of things I want to add. Um, and then they list it, and it's done. Um, so that's something people don't really realize. Some people aren't good at writing ads, and that's even oh, more, yeah. oh I agree. Uh, I agree. Even, even a better reason to to use these auctions. I use um, uh, like I use eBay and, as an example. It's horrible because eBay doesn't they just kind of stand back and let people do their thing, and that can be really bad because, like you say, people are not always great writers and they they don't always write well and clear enough so when you go to bring a trailer or like you said him and your your 99 dollars fee for bring a trailer is paying for that person to kind of research your car and to formulate a really clear and concise write-up on your car so it puts it in more of a universal format that people kind of expect when they go there because if you allow just sellers to do it, you know, they're busy, they can't think, you know, they just type a lot of jarbish. It's kind of hard. And it also, it causes the buyers to have to ask lots and lots and lots of questions 
yeah. because the seller's too lazy to write a good write-up. Well, just like today, I've been looking for a certain rifle, right? And I went to GunBroker. I mean, I don't really buy stuff on GunBroker. I sell some stuff on there sometimes that I don't want to keep as part of my collection. But I was looking for a really old, weird rifle and called a 218B. It's a Wildcat cartridge. It's something that's, you know, it's been around since 1949. And I found this rifle, and I have to ask the guy specifics about it because he has no description. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I was like, okay, I need to know some numbers off of it. I need some stuff off of it. Can you show me the butt stock? Can you show me this or that? And I had to ask him those questions. I ended up winning it today. Um, but it's the same thing as eBay. But you don't have that with Hemmings or with Bring a Trailer. Both of those are going to write the ad for you the way they know their readers want to read it, and they're going to get all the points across. Now, those to me are benefits that both Hemmings and BAT have over RM, okay? RM is used to, and, and Gooding as well, and Barrett-Jackson, all of those regular auction houses, Russo and Steel, all that, right? Um, they're used to a unit coming up, and they got like a 15 or 20 second window for the auction assistant to talk about that vehicle, and that's all it is. Like if I sell a Porsche tractor, 1958 Porsche Junior diesel tractor, it was imported from Holland in 2018, um, you know, blah, blah, blah. And that's it. That's all you get. You don't get anything else with that. There's some things they put in their catalog, but that's all. So a vehicle like my 356 that has got all this custom special stuff on it, I am more apt probably to sell that on BAT or Hemmings because I can list the 150 things that I've done to this car and all the stuff that I made that was built and not bought that separate this car from every other 356 outlaw out there. Mine's a resto mod 356. I treated it like a, a guy that would, you know, basically do that to an old school Corvette or a, an old domestic car and bring it more modern. That's what I did with my car. Um, so, you know, that is something that you have to understand between these formats. And you, you know, to me, Hemmings and Bring a Trailer are both the benchmark today for where auctions are going to be with vehicles and what's going to set the prices. And I think that's a pretty good segue for us to go into this next edition of Rencast, where we're going to talk specifically about the 996 Porsche and how good that car is and why they're bringing more money. Thank you so much, Jake. And that's all the time we have for this episode of Rencast. We hope that you will consider. Uh, subscribing to our YouTube channel, as well as follow our WinVision uh, Facebook page. If you prefer to listen to our podcast, you can do that by going to Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, to name a few. I want to thank you so much for joining us and I hope you have a great day.